Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Don't call it a comeback. So it's 24 to 7. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Launching deep. Going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it off the ricochet. Hit him right in the face mask. And then, man, give credit there to Brandon Ayuk just staying with the play. Here's Purdy. Looking. Firing in. Caught! Ayuk! Touchdown! McCaffrey's going to get it. And he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Moody up and good, and the 49ers with their first lead. Here's McCaffrey, right side, breaks the tackle. McCaffrey, foot race, taken down inside the five. Elijah Mitchell in for the first time tonight. Guess what, he's going to get it. Mitchell surging forward. Touchdown, and there it is. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. That's right, Niners in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. You think that's the one that they wanted? The uh, network? CBS? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, they want Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. There's no question. That was part of it. In Vegas especially. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't... There's so much history and tradition with the 49ers i mean you're gonna get jerry rice there you're gonna get joe montana there you're gonna get steve young you're gonna get there's some pageantry that goes along with him i i don't know if uh, look there would have been a great underdog story yeah, with the with detroit the lions. lions but i think that i think they feel like the better game would probably be chiefs and, and 49ers i think cbs didn't care as long as the chiefs were in it. i agree with they that. were happy because yes. detroit that underdog that haven't won in how many years, never been, been to okay a Super Bowl. It. That would have been a good storyline yeah. for the Midwest. But San Fran's fine too. What 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 is there? What what is Detroit's feeling today? Like I have not. What like what are their local radio shows saying? What's the what's the big Valenti? Mike yeah. Valenti. What is Valenti's always got a real? He's got a huge audience, number one, in Detroit. Number two, he is never short of opinions. What's Valenti's opinion today? Is Valenti pissed at Campbell? Is he pissed at uh, the players for blowing that game about execution? What's the takeaway today in Detroit? What are Detroit fans thinking today? When you finally, after all those years... You finally make it to the NFC Championship game. You go on the road and you're up at 24 to 7. And then you blow that game in that fashion. I think in the moment there's a lot of frustration and, and disappointment, but I think give it a week and, and well, still sting. But I think that there's tremendous. I would think if you're a Lions fan, you've got to appreciate what your team did. And it, it's going to hurt that you had. You know, you had a twenty. What was a twenty-four to seven lead at the half, and you couldn't, you couldn't put it away. Yeah, I think it's devastating. You know, we're we're running through the great clips, the fifty greatest moments yes. that you'd like to cut from your memory That's as a Chicago me. sports fan. Isn't that one of their worst? I I was just thinking, like, if 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 that happened to us, Malice at the Palace has got to be top three, right? I mean, yeah, that probably th- this has got to be top five for them. I yeah, I mean. It's is is it it might be the it's probably their most devastating loss 
in their NFL history. But you're going to give it a couple they had of weeks. Des Bryant, How remember. do you think the Lions fans will look at the 2023 season? I mean, they'll listen. Look, they'll look with, at it with, with mostly good thoughts. But but yeah, yes, it's it's a great question. It, it was it was totally fun and plucky and and the great underdog story. But when you're a franchise that doesn't get there, and then you're there and you have the lead, and all you have to do is just finish. It's easier said than done. I know, and I, I'm of the belief, and I think you were alluding to it earlier. And I'll play the bite of what Dan Campbell said. I do believe that this is going to be a one-and-done story. I, I don't think that this is a team that will compete year in and year out to go back to the Super Bowl. I think they got the breaks this year. Like when the Bears played them, I even said, I did not think that this was a, I didn't think that this was a championship contending team. Now when Ben Johnson goes away, um, I, I don't think that, the, the 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 Eagles melted down. The Cowboys melted down. I think they got the perfect amount of breaks for them in this. This was the time and the place for them to make their hay. And I think they pissed it down their leg. Yeah, their player execution was not good enough for them to extend their season. The, and, and I think it's going to be an easy thing for some to point the finger at Dan Campbell and uh, look, I'm not a Detroit Lions fan, but I would suggest that Dan Campbell's a big reason that, that you got to the NFC title game. And the biggest problem you had last night was is in crucial moments, your players didn't deliver. And to Sylvie's point, though, part of the reason the entire NFC was down, the Eagles last year, they lost Shane Steichen, who went to the Colts. And right. now everybody in Philadelphia point. is asking themselves, do, is Nick Sirianni really worth being our head coach, or did all our good coaching talent walk out the door and get head coaching jobs? That could very not, and listen. I think Dan Campbell he should be given a lot of credit for what he's done, but the concern is that Ben Johnson may be a lot more responsible. Perhaps in some ways, remember when the Atlanta Falcons had Kyle Shanahan as their offensive coordinator and Dan Quinn as their head coach. Kyle got the job in San Francisco, and in that Super Bowl. The Falcons blew a 28-3 lead to the Patriots. And I'm sure they were thinking, oh, we can just get back at this a year from now. Yep. I don't know, man. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think with this division, um, with, with Kirk Cousins went down. They had four backup quarterbacks. I think the Bears are getting, obviously, we all like to think they're getting better. I think this is going to be a really tough division. And I don't think you can count on as a Lions fan Getting another great shot like you just got. This is Campbell from yesterday. It's a lesson learned. And look, I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the off season, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up, and uh, you know you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity, and we we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. It's, it does stink. 
he, there's no question. And you're probably, you know, in Detroit, you're heartbroken. I'll say this, though. I believe their GM's name is Brad Holmes. Yes, it is. He's done a fantastic job. Dan Campbell's done a fantastic job. Is it going to be hard to replace Ben Johnson? Absolutely. But if they continue to draft the way that they've drafted, like, they're still going to be. Maybe you're not going to have the same prominence as the Chiefs or the 49ers. But you shouldn't take an enormous dip. Your offensive line's intact. Mm -hmm. Your defensive line, remember this year as well, they were missing James Houston for most of the season, right? Who was basically a revelation two years ago as a pass rusher. Was he the guy who had the hit yesterday on uh, Purdy? No. It should have been. That wasn't him? No. I thought that was him. I don't think it was, was it? The who, who bloodied his nose and uh, d- dove in into the pile may, late and should have been a flag. Man, they, like they he throw got away the, with one. They throw maybe the flag was, yeah. uh, other than Justin Fields. <laughs> they usually throw the flag if you just blow in the quarterback's ear hole. It sounded weird, but you know what I'm saying. Like if you come near the quarterback, you're going to get a flag thrown. What what he did to Purdy yesterday? Ain't you know, no big deal. They've, uh, there's no doubt. And maybe that was him. I don't know. He's a hell of a player. Like Kirby Joseph is a starting safety that they drafted two years ago. Jamison Williams is going to get healthier and still be there. Aiden Hutchinson is a difference maker. Their top four draft picks this year all played a significant role in what they were doing. As long as Brad Holmes continues to do his job at a high level and, and Dan Campbell. Like, look, Dan Campbell's done a really nice job as a head coach. Yeah. Now you're going to have to answer some really tough questions or fill some really tough voids in your roster and on your coaching staff. But I don't – they may not be head and shoulders the best team in the NFC North. I just don't think they're falling off a cliff because they're well coached and I think that they've done a nice job with their roster. Yeah, it's just tough to get back to the conference no championship game. No doubt. Like, like, and, especially, too, and, if you need to pay Jared Goff more money. Yeah. And you like, don't he's know not, what they're going to do. And he's not that guy. Like, you know how we like how I feel about him. He he played great, and he was let down by his wide receivers. But unless you're a Mahomes, unless you're um, one of the great quarterbacks in the league, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you know, can you, can you count on a, a team that's built that way Year in and year out, being back there. He's going to be there for one more year. I think this is his last year under contract, right? Yes, 2024. You, yes, but did you see the reports that came out yesterday? They're talking extension. Yeah. So, well, I think they like him up there. Oh, sure. They, they were chanting his name everywhere yeah. you went in Detroit. So they like him until... What's he made? $25 million? I mean, I don't think he's going to be a guy well, he's that's going to get 50. He's, he's on the cap as a hit for 32.5 next year. But... I mean, he's going to want more than yeah, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, Jones is getting yeah. 40. He's getting 40 plus. It's going to be, do you like him without Ben Johnson? Because that's the new reality that you're going to be faced with. And, I mean, we talked about it the other day. How good are you at kind of transcending through coordinator changes? Because that's the reality of the NFL now. You get two to three years with these coordinators at this point. One thing I didn't mention either about the Lions is C.J. Garner-Johnson, who we've talked a lot about because we've had experience as Bears fans with him. Is he the 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 most unlikable player in the league? He's, Out of everybody in the league. He got caught waving uh, goodbye to the 49ers fans in the first half. Didn't he also have a, a cheap shot on somebody in the game? Yes, he's the, in the one game? that got that called for the well, block on the interception against Debo Debo, Sam, Debo yeah, yeah. yeah. Him he and Debo, and Debo had, yeah, a, yeah, have had a huge run in. He, he's got a run in with everybody, though. Yeah. Every 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 
game he plays in, he's got something with somebody. And he's taking a cheap shot. He's talking trash. He's doing some, and I know that's where he gets his edge. He talks trash and he does stuff. But, man, he just, he takes it to a different level. He's, he's cheap. I don't like him at all. He's a good player, but he is, yes, he's not very well liked. Steven Evanson, you're on ESPN. We played three games this year, I think. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're good. How are you? Is the you're a Lions fan? How are you doing? Uh, um, last night, pretty devastated. A uh, couple shots got me right, you know. So we're good. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, looking back at the season and what we accomplished, and you know, I was you know eight years old when the last time we played an NFC Championship game, and to to restore the roar, as they put it, um, and to get rid of the moniker of the SOL, the same old Lions, it, it meant a lot to me. You know, looking back at it, it, you know, just, you know, remember watching games with my mom and my dad and just, uh, you know, seeing how we were able to overcome a lot this year. And, you know, I love this team, and I, I think we'll be back next year. Just look at what Brad Holmes is. You guys were talking about it. Four rookies that, I mean, we got a lot of guff, and I was one of those players. When we took Jameer Gibbs at number 11, I couldn't believe it, but I mean, look how that panned out. So I disagree with Sylvie and say that we'll be back next year, okay. and I think this will give us just another edge. All right. Sounds good, Steve. Their line is, they're lying. Their line is going to be solid for a, a yeah. quite a while. And that, I mean, it. That's huge. Yeah. Well, we could, we could only hope for a line that looked like what theirs looks like. They were mauling the 49ers for the first 35, 40 minutes. Yes. Yes. They built a, another uh, big deficit. Andrew in Royal Oak, Michigan. What's up, Andrew? Hey, guys. Um, long-time listener. I lived in Chicago for many, many years and then moved to the Detroit area here. And it was somber at work today. It was very somber. Everybody was, you know, looking, you know, looking down and going, damn lions, you know. But it was – but they're all hype. They're all hopeful for the future. And – and, and and progressing, you know, this town is been very. They want the the Lions to win, and they are very happy about this year. Who are they most you know? pissed at today, Andrew? I think it was just the lack of play, maybe, and the the lack of you know finishing through. Yes, all season Campbell's been going on fourth downs, you know, and all that, but that's you know. What was the stat I heard earlier today? Thirty-five percent on fourth downs, but he, you know, they they're really positive about the future. I think it was better than that. I think it wasn't the stat twenty of twenty-four on okay, fourth and short this yeah. year. Something like it was crazy, yeah, yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Listen, so, but, I mean, it would have been nice for you guys to get to the Super Bowl, but then you were going to have Patrick Mahomes throw f- for 500 yards yeah, against he, you. So just continue. He's not a, he's not, you're not a Lions fan, though, Andrew, are you? No, I am not. I am a Bears fan. Yeah. So all your yeah. Lions fans' friends are going to be spared a, a just a mauling at the hands of Patrick Mahomes. Just tell them yeah. that. Yeah. They, they're aware. They are very much aware. They're very knowledgeable up here. Andrew, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, and then somebody wanted to know on Twitter too. Where was the where was 
the criticism for the Ravens, whether it was Monken, whether it was Lamar Jackson's play, whether it was Zay Flowers and his unraveling. I but, thought that we didn't. We spent most of the time talking about the other game and the other teams. I thought Todd Monken had as bad a day as anybody in the National Football League yesterday. They gave the, their running back six carries. They dropped back to throw it 82% of the time. They were run-first offense, and they were never out of this game. And the last thing that you want to ask Lamar to do, because it's not what is at the top of his list of strengths, is to consistently pump the ball deep downfield. He's the best quarterback in the National Football League in the middle, intermediate passing game. And, and Spagnolo knew that. So what they did is they tried to clog things up. But when you get, you just completely ignore your running game and get out of what you do well and then start to ask your MVP quarterback to do things that he is not as good at, then I think a lot of that has to fall on, on the desk or at the feet of the offensive coordinator. Now, again, that doesn't excuse Zay Flower for fumbling or having the penalty or even Lamar making a bad throw into triple coverage. Again, I think it was shared culpability where everybody was at their wasn't at their best. But I didn't understand the game plan that Todd Monken was trying to execute yesterday against the Chiefs. You knew the Chiefs were going to blitz. They blitz everybody. And they knew that they were going to blitz them because the the Ravens are also Miller and I we talked about this a lot on Friday. Lamar Jackson is by far the best quarterback in the league against a standard four-man front. So what do you think that the Chiefs are going to do? They're going to do anything other than give you a standard four-man front. And they didn't. it didn't feel like they were ready for it. It didn't feel like they had a game plan. I thought Tony Romo made some really good points in that game as well, that Lamar looked to be hesitant to tuck and run. And when this is part of what you do so well, you've got to be willing to do it. Remember in their game that they played the week before, who did they play? Uh, Houston, was it? Like, he was willing to tuck and run. Ran for over 100 yards. Yeah, uh-huh. I felt like there were moments in this game where their best option at times was for Lamar to do Lamar things. And it almost seemed at times he was reluctant to do it. But I thought the game plan was crappy. And I didn't think that they executed it very well. What, so the week before Kansas City, because Josh Allen plays like Josh Allen likes to go downfield, they were willing to give him... The middle of the field, and, and he was taking it. In, in this game, it was the opposite. Well, they, and they have fantastic cover corners as well. You get McDuffie, and you've got Snead on the outside. So you can match up with these guys. But they were coming after him. They were blitzing. They blitzed uh, Josh Allen as well. That's what Spagnolo does. But, but Josh did. Allen was taking the short passes. That wasn't there well, for they were Lamar taking Jackson. a lot of that away. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like yes. They were giving that to Josh Allen because they didn't want him to get the big play. Correct. Because he's more of that gunslinger. Yeah, exactly. But it was the opposite with yes. the way they played Lamar they Jackson. They focused on the intermediate portion of the defense of the field because that's where Lamar's best. And they were asking him to throw it deep. And if you remember, there were probably four or five. Now, he hit Zay Jones on one. It was a broken Be- play. Beautiful. But there were several attempts downfield that weren't even close. After he hit Zay Jones on that. Flowers. Uh, Zay, Zay, Flowers. Zay Flowers on the uh, touchdown to make it 7-7. I'm like, this is going to be a classic. And Lamar's on point. Lamar is up to the challenge. Lamar is going. Lamar's got the arm ready. And he is going to be ready to battle Mahomes and show why he's the MVP. And that was really it. I mean, though, like, 
Flowers, those three plays from Flowers where he he had the terrible taunting penalty, yeah. and then he fumbles um, and by stretching out for the touchdown again. We've seen that two weeks in a row from players. And then do exasperate the mistake by banging your hand yeah. on the bench area. Then I think he hit his face mask to cut his hand. Like, those three things, that's inexcusable. No, no, there's no question. I mean, player lack of player execution and and discipline and all of it factors in. Here's some 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 numbers for you. The Chiefs run defense. They they allow 4.6 yards per carry, and I think Carm gave the stat today that they ranked 28th. I had them at 26th in rush defense success. They played a ton of sub packages because one of their starting linebackers, Willie Gay, was out. You could have run the football against them. And nobody runs the football better than the Ravens. Their running backs accounted for six total carries. And they dropped Lamar Lamar back 82% of the time. And Lamar didn't play well. Lamar completed 60% of his passes in the regular season. He only completed 54% of his passes in this game because the Chiefs were asking him to throw the ball downfield. They also got to him. They sacked him four times. They just... I thought it was a bad game plan by the Ravens, and I didn't think the Ravens played well. I thought the Ravens, they didn't play as bad as, as the Lions in certain aspects of it, but I thought both teams kind of mirrored each other. When, when, it, when it came to nut-cutting time, as hmm. they say, they didn't deliver. Well, like, and, and, and if you, you flip it around to Kansas City, like that throw that Mahomes makes to... Valdez Scanling at the end, the, the third down play with like two and a half minutes to go. Bomb to seal the game. That, that's, that's what MVPs do in crunch time. Well, listen, the Ravens have been the best in the league all year long at being front runners. Yes. But they have true. trailed very infrequently during the year. And this was a moment where it seemed like, to your point, while about Todd Monken not kind of knowing what he wanted to do, they were chasing it the whole game. They had plenty of opportunities. And they did. Zay Flowers, until he fumbled at the goal line, it looked like they were making that comeback that they needed to do. But that was just that that play was so huge and ridiculous, considering everything that Flowers had done up to that point for it to kind of come apart. Yeah, they and were still in the game. ESPN countdown. Did you know, do you know Zay Flowers' backstory at all, Sylvie? Because I learned it yesterday during the, the pregame coverage. I was unaware, and I texted Wild because I did not know this fact. Did yeah. you know he's got 13 siblings? No, really? I was, like, blown away because I don't know a lot about, like, the backstory. I'm all in on the, the football player. Florida, right? Uh, I can't remember if it was Florida. But he's got 13 siblings. And his mother died when he was five years old. His father raised him and his 13 siblings basically, you know, as as a as a, you know, a a solo dad. And like I I was like, you know, weeping, basically. That's a great human interest story. He seems like a really good guy. And I felt for him yesterday when the game kind of unraveled on him the way it did. I mean, it's it's insane, right? So when I'm tired as a dad with two, two boys. (laughs) Yes. Suck it up, brother. Say flowers, dad. Yes. Yes, you should. It's, it's a really, he's a fantastic player, he really too. Is. He had a really I, bad game yesterday, but he'll learn from that. He's going to be a difference maker in this league for a long time. You can see he's a tremendous route runner. He's great after the catch. He's a hand catcher. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic and a BC player. guy, right? He is a BC guy. And Ryan Poles loved him coming, yeah. into, coming out of the draft, but they just... Um, you know, they didn't they, have the right draft pick because he was yes. taken late in the first round, yes. but they, they were obviously taking right at 10. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I wanted to bring something up uh, later, too, about a mock draft that I saw. We have not talked a lot of Bears today. I thought today was a good day just to talk about the playoffs. Plenty of time and plenty of weeks to talk Bears mock drafts and stuff like that. We've focused a lot of time on that. Tyler in Lincoln Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ty? Hey, fellas. How you doing? I uh, I really enjoyed the games yesterday. Um, but, you know, I think all this discussion, you got to ask yourselves, where do you see the division playing out next season? Uh, right now, I think they're just going off of projections from how this year ended. Um, but, uh, yeah, what do you think? I thought you had – did you have Super Bowl odds, though, that you wanted to give us or no? Oh, yeah, I can do that, sure. I think it's just based off of rankings this year. They had Lions plus 1,400. They had Packers plus 2,200. Uh, Vikings to finish plus 4,800. And Bears plus 5,800. 5,800. So it's 50 to 1, 40 to 1, 14 to 1. And did, what, did, what, uh, were Vikings 22 to 1 or 24 to 1, something like that? Uh, Viking, Vikings 40 to 1, Bears 50 to 1, Packers 22, Lions 14. Okay. So right. they, were, they have us listed as the bottom of the uh, NFC North. I mean, I understand. Exactly. By low on them. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm hoping that's not where they finish, but I understand why people would set the odds at that spot right now. I will say right now the Bears will not finish in last place. God, I hope not. I would you just guys be, willing to join me I there in a proclamation today? I, I'm just speaking with enthusiasm and optimism if I say yes, because currently, without knowing what they're going to do in a with, number of spots... With, with the amount of, of draft capital they have, with the two first-round picks, with uh, the free agent cash, with the way they have finished the season, and, and the good thing they brought back Matt Eberflus for continuity purposes, they will not finish in last place yeah i would agree with you on that i don't think they'll finish in last i, I don't think they'll finish in first no that's but, right i'm but not I don't guaranteeing think, anything i'll be in the middle there i want to join you and i think I, there's a very not. good path however until i see what they do with this first overall pick if if they've convinced themselves that justin fields is the guy i could okay. see this going sideways and the other three teams could finish above them i'm just listen i'm 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 in prove it to me mode Prove it to me. I, I get it. Prove it to me that you're not going to cough up big leads. Prove it to me that you're going to beat teams that aren't being quarterbacked by Brian Hoyer and Sam Howell. Prove it to me. Prove it to me that you can, you know, get over the hump in crunch time. Prove it to me that your offense can play well against the better defenses in the league. It's For me, like, I, look, I, I share everyone's optimism, but... Like I, I can't, that would be blind faith on from my perspective right now, and maybe I don't want to sound like the pessimist, but like before I'm going to dive in, I need to see it. I haven't seen it. Has anybody seen it? No, no. Have you seen it? No. The only thing that we've seen is the way he's built the roster. Like it, it's sort of Brad Holmes esque, where it if you believe in the guy who's building the roster you can believe that another step is going to be taken. Yes. I'm most, I, I, I would say to you I'm most optimistic about how I feel about Ryan Poles' ability to build his roster. Outside of that, I don't know that anyone has, has earned your, your optimism or your trust. No, right? no, no, exactly. I mean, people will say, well, you know, Coach Eberflus kept everyone together and the defense improved. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. But in crunch time, 
you know, they still disappeared at times. I, I mean, I still have the taste of the loss to the Green Bay Packers up in their building of fresh in my, in my taste buds. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and Gray's like, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jamie? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I'm curious about one thing. Speaking of the Bears and uh, number one draft pick, I keep hearing the argument against Justin is that we need a Mahomes-like quarterback that can elevate a team that has gaps or isn't that good. And I look at Caleb Williams this year, and I know there's a lot of questions about him, things we don't know, character-wise and all that kind of stuff. But it feels like the one thing we know for certain is that he can't elevate a bad team. I mean, that's what this this season was for him. And so I'm curious, how, how exactly is he an upgrade over Justin? Again, like, I got to do a, a deeper dive, Waddle. I know you do too, but... Like the the people that we've talked to didn't they score us still a ton of points? Like didn't they put up how many points they put up against Washington this Over 40, year? 42. 42. Like I mean, so what do you like? What do you, Jamie? What more can he do than scoring forty two against a team that was in the national championship game? So so we go we go and watch him at Notre Dame. We went and saw the Notre Dame game, right? And all he did bad game was, was yeah bad game. But all he did was scramble buy for time, and then make bad decisions. And I'm like, this is just a poor man's version of Justin. Hey, look, I mean, you could put on the tape uh, of Justin against Northwestern in one of the years that he played and then watch him bounce back um, in, in uh, the Big Ten championship game or, I, or, or in, the, in the playoffs. Like, there are bad games along the way. I think I, the, the, the bulk of the tape is pretty good on Caleb Williams. But if you're going to move on from Justin, instead of taking all the, the draft capital that you can acquire and build the roster, you've got to be certain that it's going to be a massive upgrade over Justin. Maybe and they I are. Think, maybe they are. Maybe, maybe it, it's a 10% upgrade over Justin. Well, but that's that from really your perspective. Like, well, but, so that's with you in analyzing it. And I may look at it, and Jamie, and say it's only a 5%. Or I may look at it and say it's 60%. At the end of the day, I, I not to sound like a, an ass, but... The only thing that matters is how Ryan Poles feels about him. And if Ryan, if Ryan Poles believes that Caleb Williams or anybody else is significantly better option than what we have right now, then that's what he should do. He should pick that guy. Tommy, if, if you could have the choice between getting Caleb Williams and getting, let's say, just I'm making this up, but let's say you could get Max Crosby and two future first-round picks. And stay with Justin. What are you doing? If 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 I'm convinced that Caleb Williams is a difference-making quarterback that can play the game at a level, let's just say that C.J. Stroud played at, I'm drafting Caleb Williams he, over Max and Sweat yes. on your on your yes, two ends. I am. Yeah. Two trips for okay. Yeah. Jamie, let me ask I mean, you a question. A couple of things. First of all, if 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 you're sh- so sure that Caleb Williams sucks. Why would the Raiders give up Max freaking Crosby and two first round picks to go trade for him? I'm not. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying, but, but I want why to would they give up one of the? Upgrade. But no, why no, would no, they no. be why, willing why? to give up one of the best pass rushers in the game and two first round picks for him? Maybe, maybe the Raiders would give up Max Crosby and future future first round picks for Justin Fields. I'm just asking, yeah, how do we know that Caleb Williams is an upgrade over Justin? We, we're, we're, I'm, we're not yet. I, yeah, mean, no, I, mean, I, I think I can't we're open say to it. Definitively, I can say to you, uh, this is what I would say to you, Jamie. I haven't looked at Caleb Williams. Haven't, I'm never going to interview him in terms of, of sitting down before the Jamie, draft. thank you. With regard to the evaluation of what his character is all about. I'll never sit in that chair. 
So I won't know how comfortable I would be with who he is. I can watch all the film in the world and come to a conclusion how I feel about him on that front. I can say this to you, I've, and I've said this to whoever would listen over the course of weeks and months. I have seen progress in Justin Fields. There's no question. Without a doubt, there's been progress. He's a better football player today than he was last year when the season started. He was a better player at the end of the year than he was prior to the injury this year. There's been progress. But me personally, I haven't seen enough consistently good play to just stop right here and say, I don't care how good these quarterbacks are in the draft. I'm going to move forward with our guy. That's what I can tell you. My mind is open to moving forward from him if I can find somebody that I'm comfortable that is consistently or projects to be consistently better. I That's have, what I can tell I you. have something on the good, the bad, the dirty about this, too, to, that I want to play, play into this. We, we tried to do not a lot of this today. Like, again, like that was just a caller. Uh, uh, more tomorrow, though. But um, 312-332-3776. Let's get to the good, the bad, the dirty. The good. It's gone! Dirty. I'm talking about nasty. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. One thing good, one thing that we perceived bad and dirty. We'll go around the room. Tyler and Meller are both here. And Waddle, why don't you kick us off? Uh, my good is the uh, throw that Mahomes made to uh, Valdez Scantling to put the game away. It was third and nine with about two and change left. Not only does he read the defense perfectly, he times it perfectly, allows the plays the play to develop, and then drop the dime in crunch time on his receiver. And unfortunately for them, the receiver caught the ball. But it was vintage Patrick Mahomes. It was a, cru- a crucial play in crunch time, and it's why he is the best quarterback I have personally seen play. I thought it was a beautiful kind of cherry on top of the Sunday play for him and and for the Chiefs. Pretty special. Pretty special all the way around. Um, I mentioned this during Crosstalk. I've not talked much about it. If you check out my Instagram at Mark A. Silverman, Mark with a C, you can see the pictures from my uh, trip with the boys and my wife to Duke this weekend. It was a bucket list item that I've had for many, many years. Um, It was incredible. We went to the Duke-Clemson game. We left early Friday morning. We got there uh, in the morning, and then that way we got to go to a Duke practice. John Shire, I've known for many, many years, went to GBN, and um, Good he, host, he's, huh? he's been a he's been a great friend through the years. We've had him in studio many, many times as a player, as an assistant coach. He's not changed. It was pretty surreal to see him, and I've seen him play many times. I've seen him as a national champion in 2010, but it was surreal for me to see him running a Duke practice, you know, after all the years of Coach K coaching that team. But to see him run that that, that practice and then to see my, my kids interact with some of the Duke players, Proctor, who won the game, um, Tyrese Proctor, uh, they got to meet the day before. It was pretty cool. But I've wanted to see Cameron Indoor for years and years and years. And for anyone who's got that on their bucket list, for me, it lived up to every single thing for my wife too like who's not been she doesn't have that on her bucket list but she was a member of the orange crush i should tell you um it was it was spectacular um so that was my good college basketball at its finest and my kids are now cameron crazies
Boys, what do you got as your good? Uh, for my good, I'm going to go to one single individual play that occurred. The game did not go the way the Ravens wanted it to. But, of course, how can we not mention the ridiculous pass to himself by Lamar Jackson? I'll let Westwood one take it away. Shotgun. Jackson. Snap. That ball batted in the air. Up for grabs. And it's caught by Jackson. First down. Insane. Lamar Jackson. The deflection ends up in the right spot for 13 yards. Justin Reed gets a piece, and then Jackson is the Johnny on the spot. It's like one of those trick shots where they throw the ball in the air, run through the house, and catch it on the (laughs) other side. Justin Reed pops the ball in the air as he comes off the corner on a blitz, and it looks like Reed is going to go intercepted as it's falling. Lamar Jackson shoots out of nowhere and catches his own pass for a first down. What can't this man do? Watching that play unfold was just, I was so giddy. And to your point, Sylvie, you talked earlier about how the game started out. It, it seemed like yeah, we were going to have his day. We were going to have like an all time quarterback classic, it seemed like, because. It was 14-7 to through the first four drives, and then that play happened, I believe, on the next drive. Unfortunately, the Ravens couldn't do anything after that play, and uh, we got ourselves a 17-10 to final. But all in all, that play just made me, like, giddy as a football fan. So that was uh, Iron Eagle, correct? Yes, yes. Did we get um, Harlan on the other game, the Detroit uh, 49ers game? We did. Did he rub it into Detroit's uh, face? Uh, you guys have choked! <laughs> It's an all-time choke, like he did with the wide right, wide right for Buffalo the week before. I can dig it up and see what his uh, final call was. Tyler, what's your gut? My good is Steve Spagnolo and his defense that shut down who, who's going to be a two-time MVP in Lamar Jackson. You're right. It looked like we were going to get a back-and-forth slugfest in this game. But And credit to the Ravens' defense as well because they put the clamps down on the Chiefs in the second half. But this was an all-time performance that I've seen from a playoff defense in recent memory with what we saw from uh, all the different uh, Legereus Sneed. He forces the fumble on Zay Flowers in the end zone. And McDuffie's been fantastic as well. Like There are some players on this Chiefs defense, and they deserve a, t- a ton of credit, even though they will be without Charles Amenahue in the Super Bowl. What's your bad? Uh, my bad. We've talked about it a lot. It was, uh, I, I hate to say it, but Josh Reynolds, his performance yes. in crunch time. Yes. They were up 24 to 10. Fourth down, he dropped a football at the 49ers 28, which could have continued the momentum that the Lions had built. And then he dropped the third down pass on third and nine late in the third quarter that really, I think, killed any type of momentum that the Lions were trying to recreate. But Josh Reynolds really was not his best day, and unfortunately, player execution mistakes, to me, played a bigger role in the Lions' loss than Dan Campbell's decisions. Here's a story that I know you're going to hate. This is my bad. Her name is Monica Lasso, not related to Ted Lasso. Um, She was skiing, and uh, she got tired at the end of the day, did not want to make it down the hill. Did you read about this? I saw this, yeah. And I thought of you right away. Because you get worried all the time about getting stuck in an elevator, getting stuck in an airplane bathroom. This takes it way further. So a worker on the hill said, get in the gondola. Yeah. And it was five minutes before the gondolas shut down. So she was in the gondola. And as it, as it was making its way down the hill, it stopped. Because the workers stopped the gondola. 
They didn't know that she was in the gondola. It was quitting time. She was in there for, I think, 16 hours or yeah. something like that. It was like 5 in the evening or whatever it was. So she stayed there overnight. She had no phone. So she could not contact any, no light, flashlight to, like, wave a light or anything like that. Got to have your phone on you at all times. So she had no way to contact anybody. Her friends, like, were trying to contact people that she was lost. It was because she was in this gondola. And uh, it wasn't until the next morning when they started it back up, she refused medical attention as far as being transported to the hospital. But that's a scare. That's as bad as it gets. Yeah, it's not good. You'd that rather is- be stuck in an elevator, right? Uh, for 16 hours? Yeah, because you don't have the elements and stuff like that, and you're not above... You like you're you're, but you've got more space to spread out probably in a gondola. Isn't like size of the enclosed area is also part of it. Yeah, but you could freeze to death, can't you? Maybe, but if you're getting on a gondola, you probably got some winter clothing on. Neither one is an acceptable destination for me as a stopped elevator or a stopped gondola. It's bad anyway. It's bad anyway. You cut it. There's no good. I couldn't believe it when I read it. All right, boys, what's your bad? Uh, my bad. So we talked about Zay Flowers' fumble. The bad is the day he had all around when he he did make some big plays. But for me, the key moment was the taunts. I mean, that was like a taunt of all-time taunts. He pushes uh, Sneed down. Now, I, I know Sneed had a handle on his leg, so maybe that's your, def- your reason why when Zay Flowers pushes Sneed's chest to the ground, that's your argument for that. He's, he's being held by Sneed. But then he stands over him, gives him a flex, and then spins the ball right next to him mm-hmm. in his face. I don't know how you thought you were going to avoid uh, a taunting call on that moment. And because you were trailing by uh, 10 points at that moment, you'd think it was it should have been in Zay Flowers' head. I can't get a 15-yard uh, penalty causing my team a huge, huge uh, loss in that situation. I heard the boys in the morning say today that they are in favor of letting players taunt. I think that could have been a Shea special. I'm not sure who said it. I heard Abdallah defending it vehemently this afternoon. I, I would with say Carmen. this. You know that it's a rule and you know that they're going to be sensitive to it. So act accordingly. If the NFL came out and said, hey guys, guess what we're going to let you do from now on? Taunt. Taunts, yeah. Then go ahead and taunt. But knowing that it's not something that's tolerated, why would you even attempt to do it and put your team in peril? That's the one. Like, sometimes I, I like, ah, uh, like, you, you could see the refs are throwing it, and you're like, there, there, there was, was no way obvious, Zay yes. Flowers was going to walk away yeah. without getting a flag the way right. he went like about it. Like you said, first the ball spin, then the uh, hovering over him. And then the shove, too, like, kind of like planting him in the ground. Mm. That was the other part of it. My bad. You know, a lot of people have been going after Dan Campbell and... and Josh Reynolds and the Lions offense. How about the Lions defense in the second half? They let up 27 points. Maybe that's why you lost. Letting up 27 second half points. So, And it all kind of the cherry on top is the C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We mentioned the moment with him where he's waving goodbye to the Niner fans. Yeah. He's waving goodbye to the Niner fans before halftime. And you kind of like what are you karma doing? came back and bit. Not you, not not you. Like, what is yeah. he doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? He's one of those guys. I mean, he gets what like he gets what he deserves. Yeah. And, and like, good player, but just he's one of those guys. 
One of those guys that irritates you and sometimes causes your team a little bit of trouble. What's your uh, dirty? My dirty is uh, me uh, betting on the Ravens on the money line and cheering for Mahomes. The fact that I didn't just take my favorite player and the points is just pure stupidity. Uh, And I promise I won't do it again. It was dumb. It was stupid. It was dirty. Should you always bet on your favorite player? Or not bet on Just yeah, leave just, it alone. Yeah. Or I could have easily just taken Mahomes in the points and still thought that the Ravens would win by three. Right. I bet on the Ravens on the money line. I know. And was cheering for oh, Mahomes. That makes, no, yeah, that makes no sense. As a favorite, right. Correct. It was just dumb by me. I think, it, like, we talked about this. The Bears tweeted out on the 27th. What day was that? Saturday? On Saturday, the Bears tweeted out JF1. For Justin Fields, of course, his uh, his highlights from the season. It, it it is you mentioned this earlier, Waddle. Not on the air, I think off the air. It has had six point eight million views. I I think they just threw it out there and let people argue. It's dirty. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like it's <laughs> like raw meat. They yeah. throw it out. Here it is, everyone. Look at the spectacular highlight reel. That Justin Fields can put together and go argue and, and, let, and let everyone know we could keep him, we could trade him, we can do, we have the, we've got the world by the you know what, but have at it. And then, as you know, everybody is going to try to connect dots, and immediately there was a, a strong portion of people suggesting they're keeping them. Yes, and I believe personally that this was the marketing department doing their job with absolutely no input from the general manager at all. You That's think, my speculation. But don't you think this has to get approved? All these things have to get approved before they do stuff or no? I, I think that there's probably, a, a, you know, a boss that sits up in the marketing department that maybe you have to pass this through. I wouldn't think that the general manager has to check check this off. I mean, this is your this is marketing department. This is promotions. I don't wouldn't think that that would go through Ryan polls, but I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was dirty, just uh, to let people argue. So you asked for it, Sylvie. We wondered, was Kevin Harlan, who was on the call yes. of yesterday's Westwood One Did broadcast of the 49ers and Lions, we referenced how last week against the Buffalo Bills, he was very excited about the wide right field goal yet again for the Bills. Let's find out together whether or not we think Kevin Harlan's call was dirty for Detroit Lions fans to listen to. They'll break huddle. They'll be in the victory formation. It's fourth and 11. Purdy is under center. He takes the snap. He backpedals a step. Zeroes on the clock. It's over. The sideline's empty. With the comeback for the ages, the 49ers are going back to the Super Bowl and ripping the heart out of the Lions. He does love to oh, stick it to the other yeah. team. It's not just going to give you a call that's going to resonate. Yeah. Ripping the heart out of the lions. And uh, wrap us up here, Tyler. My dirty was the Brandon Ayuk catch down the field, the 51-yarder. But the best part of it was I saw on Twitter somebody put the sound of when the ball hits off of Kindle Vildor's helmet, it's like a Looney Tunes doink sound. And it just I watched it probably 20 times last night just laughing. That was my dirty for the weekend. All right. The good, the bad, the dirty. Uh, every Monday. And uh, usually at 4.30, we had Ron Rivera on. And if you missed that, don't forget you can grab that on the ESPN Chicago app. It will be available on our YouTube page. If you have not 
checked out our YouTube page. It's、uh, YouTube Live, and then check out ESPN Chicago. And、uh, make sure when you're there, subscribe to the YouTube page. All of our stuff is、uh, there on demand whenever you want it. By the way, something just happened in the NFL in the last 30 minutes or so that may have a connection to the Bears. We will、uh, tell you about that coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. It's over. The Niners are going to Vegas. The most unbelievable comeback I have been a part of with this football team. In this moment, in this spot, as big as this atmosphere was, as it looked like it was going at halftime, and the way they believed in each other on both sides of the ball. A flip by Richie James Jr. That means this game is over, and you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt Trophy, and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. I love the local radio calls.、Uh, first, the 49ers radio network. Your guy right there. That's Tim Ryan, T Rock, with the、uh, color commentary. But then the、um, swinging at ghosts in Kansas City, where everyone, you know, I think that's probably, he's probably the most universally loved player in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, right? So you can hate the Chiefs. Who hates the Chiefs? Some people do, though.、So、I、really? told you there are some people who are. Are tired of the Chiefs or they're tired of Mahomes. They're tired of the, the you know, you, the Swifty stuff. People, we, we did a segment on that. The, the, the men who are threatened by Taylor Swift. What's the, what's the name of the Chiefs guy?、Uh, he does a Missouri Valley basketball. Yeah, he's a big guy.、Uh, Cap and him are tight, aren't they? Yes. He's been doing their games for a lot of years. He's got a good gig. He d o e s Going to a Super、oh, yeah. Bowl for the fourth time in six years. What do you got?、Uh, in the uh, by Bears the way, the, the Los Angeles Chargers are expected to hire Ravens Director of Player Personnel Joe Hortiz, I believe, H O R T I Z, as their next general manager, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. He spent the last 26 years with the Ravens. And obviously, we talked about the possible connection between the Ravens' front office and whether or not Jim Harbaugh would poach from his brother John Harbaugh's front office for a general manager who the John, or Jim rather, may have some familiarity with or somebody that comes highly recommended. And the reason I mention that is, is Ian Cunningham was somebody that interviewed for that job. And now, with that job being filled, I don't believe there are any general manager chairs available. So it sounds as if Ian Cunningham is going to remain in the Bears' front office and will not get his own general manager job this year, which is good for us as a、yes. team because I think he's very well,、yes. very well regarded. And he'll get his point, day. He'll get his day. He'll get his day, but you want all hands on deck for one of the most important decisions in franchise history.、Yeah. Um, all right. Don't forget. We are on for another half hour. This is、uh, the first day of this new change.、Uh, Carmen and Yurko now go till three. We started cross talking with them at 2 30 for a full half hour. Black and Abdallah will be on board at about 6 15. That's when we'll cross talk with them. That means more cross talk with Black and Abdallah. We've got Aki's A list,、uh, where we'll recap、uh, some of the big stories of the day coming up next.